You are Locked On Mavericks, your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is going to be huge. 360 in the contract, never that. I just take the contact, I'll bring it back. I'm running on the fast break, behind the back. Yeah, this, that, this, that, this, that. Dirk with the <laughs> Welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member at MavsMoneyBall.com, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, the editor of Smoking Cuban and writer at Mavs.com. What's going on in your world, Isaac? So today, so a lot of people know I, uh, well, I put it on Twitter, but you know I work for a nonprofit here in Dallas, uh, mentoring fatherless uh, young boys, and uh, I, have, I have three boys in my program, and uh, or part of our daily program, and we took them to see Black Panther today. Oh, and, yes. Oh man, they were so excited, and so one of my boys. He is his parents is from Gambia, in in part of Africa, and he was all about it. Oh, I if bet. you could, That's such if, a you great could, if I could take a take a picture of him in a theater, he was on the <laughs> he was on the end of his seat, yeah. like elbows on his knees, same. and like hand, same. face in his hands, like <laughs> just like watching the whole thing. And he was like talking. He's like, "Please don't die! Please don't die! Please don't die!" <laughs> yes, he's back. Yes, he was so excited. Oh, spoiler man. alert. <laughs> No, and uh, they're uh, they're they're seventh graders, so um, it was just really cool. And the, you know, obviously the movie's really good. And afterwards, we were all talking about it. I was like, "So, like, who's your favorite superhero? It doesn't have to be this movie. Like, who's your favorite? Captain America, whatever. All of them. Well, Black Panther. There's no doubt now. I mean, I bet before had, this movie, they didn't even know he existed. No, no, probably not at all. Uh, but we got in the car and we we're riding. And I was like, "So what? What makes Black Panther different than the other superheroes?" And they're like, um, "He's black. He's like us." And it, that's wow. the cool part, you know. That's the, you know, that's the. It's important, and like for people to not understand it, it's important for them to see a reflection of themselves on the big screen and say, like, obviously that stuff's not real. Superhero stuff's not real, but stop to it. See that was a, a documentary we just watched. <laughs> to see it. I, I kidded my, my, my boy. I was like, Hey, instead of saying Gambia, just tell people you're from Wakanda. <laughs> and it was like, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> and, but, uh, no, it was, it was just cool. It was, a, it was a cool date and to be able to take them to that. And, uh, had a lot of good talks and just about everything culturally and seeing their especially him because he he's went to Africa as a kid and stuff and seeing a lot of the cultural relevance and and I like built it up too. I was like asking him afterward, I'm like, does this look like you know? Explain to me like where what your town looked like, you know? Does and we were all like quizzing him. Did, how did this look like in a movie? Was that like your and uh, really just asking question, getting him so excited that he just watched a movie that kind of reflected what. He's from and like all that stuff, and it was a little, it was really cool today. Enjoyed it. That's awesome. So if you're listening to this today uh, and you're wondering why we haven't talked about the or we're not talking about the uh, the whole Maverick scandal with Earl K. Sneed and the former uh, CEO slash president, we did a podcast where we reacted to it uh, initially. It's called the SI article, and then I we just released. Uh, I think it's live now. Uh, me and the editor-in-chief of Mavs Moneyball, Rebecca Lawson. We talked about it. Rebecca had covered the team for two years in Dallas. She went to every single game. She still goes to some games credentialed. Uh, so she knew, she knows Earl. She knew people that had applied for the Mavericks. 
Uh, so if you're interested in and had decided not to do it because they had heard about some of this stuff. And so if you're interested in that story, that we cover it all there. So we wanted to do two different podcasts. At the end of the, the last podcast that Isaac and I both did, we said one of the big things was we're able to we're able now going forward to separate the two, to separate the business from the basketball. It's kind of like, you know, this whole scandal and everything is the business and we're going to talk about basketball. So in this podcast specifically, we're going to focus just on basketball. So if you want to hear more about you know the scandal, you want to talk, you want to hear about that, our thoughts on that, uh, you can hear me and Rebecca talk in depth for a while about it. And it's really good stuff. So you can go check that out. If you wanted just to hear about basketball, you were in the right place because today we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the Aaron Gordon rumor. I mean, we feel like we've already talked about Aaron Gordon, but, but we'll get into it. We'll also talk about uh, the team moving forward because uh, Cuban was fined $600,000 for, for not for nothing. So. We're going to talk about what's going to happen with the team, what rebuilding slash tanking looks like for the Mavericks going forward. And then uh, let's start with the, the news first. Antonius Cleveland was signed to a 10-day contract from uh, for the uh, the Atlanta Hawks. Isaac, you talked to Antonius Cleveland recently and did a piece with him. Uh, what kind of state is he in? Because last I heard, he was supposed to be like out for the season. Yeah, I mean, I was kind of surprised today because we talked on the phone a couple weeks ago and um, – you know, his main goal was, hey, like, I mean, he says it, and I put it in the, in the piece, you know, making sure I'm 100% for Summer League. And that was his main goal. He still Which has, is in July. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I was really surprised when I saw this day because, you know, I was asking him, I was like, you know, how's rehab going and stuff right now? And he said, you know, right now, quote, unquote, right now, it consists of getting my quads and hamstrings back stronger, extending that range of motion for my ankles. So, um you know, he said the doctor can't see the hairline fracture anymore, and so that's really good. Um, but yeah, he's supposed to get the screws taken out later on in the year. But you just kind of, you know, so if, he he, still, if he's he healthy, still got but, screws in his leg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He still does. Uh, but you can play through. I mean, like my foot. I mean, I have two screws in my foot, and the way for mine, I keep them forever. Some people get them taken out, but, um, but yeah, I mean. The only thing about it is, like, if he's healthy to play now, I wish Dallas would have gave him a shot um, because we still have that open roster spot. But I ho- I'm wishing nothing but the best of the Hawks. I I was just under the impression that he wasn't going to be fully 100% until this summer, but I'm happy for him, man. He's a, he's a good dude, and I, I think he has a spot in the league. After the Chandler Parsons thing, I'm going to trust the, uh, the team doctors for the Mavericks to make decisions like that. Casey Smith. I'm gonna I'm gonna respect that, that they know what they're doing and that if they saw and they had been working with this guy and that they, we, they kept him around. That's something we said when he first got waived is that they, they kept him around for a reason and they wanted to help him work through his you know all this stuff and uh, the team PR told me that, that he was sticking around and that they were gonna pay for all his medical and all that stuff to get all this taken out and so it's just kind of odd. it was odd to me odd timing that they would that the Hawks would sign him to this ten day when it didn't seem like he was gonna be ready to play but. We'll see. I mean, if he comes out and starts playing, I don't know. Yeah, I'm hopefully he's healthy enough to get some get some shine. So I'm excited for it. Yeah, hope he definitely hope he gets his chance. And it's just a ten day too. He could be done with that, and then Mavs could bring him back, or you know, who knows. So yeah, uh, I will say with the um, I know we talked about this on the pod, but I'd floated Troy Williams' name out on the uh, on the pod a few weeks in, a few, yeah. or last week when he got waived, and I seen. Uh, different uh, report to where Troy Williams agent had did an interview and said that, you know, since he signed with the Knicks, but he had offers on the deal with the Knicks and Mavericks 
and uh, I think it was another team too, but he ultimately decided to go to New York uh, for a 10-day up there. But I don't know. It'd be something really? to keep an eye on. Really, Troy? You went for a 10-day up there in February? What are you doing? <laughs> um, Bro likes his snow, yeah. I guess. It'd be something just to watch that, you know, especially if, if you know, what if they don't bring him back for a second 10-day or something, Dallas could, you know, go back at him. And there's an Indiana connection there you know, with Dallas and Cuban and, you know, Yogi, Yogi and the need for a wing. You know, if we do fill that last roster spot at some point, I would expect it to be a wing player. So, I don't know. We yeah. got McBuckets now. He's going to shore up all the wing minutes. I do like McBuckets. Give him all the minutes. <laughs> who doesn't like McBuckets? <laughs> you know who really does like McBuckets? Who? The ladies. The ladies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that Sports Illustrated article still gets me. Or the cover. Cover yeah. with him on it still gets me. It's great. All right. Uh, let's get to the Aaron Gordon thing. Uh, it was reported uh, Sean Devery. I'm definitely saying that name wrong. Devenery? Devenery or Dever- I don't know. Devenery? I don't know. People mispronounce my last name all the time. So. Yeah, me too. Stop. Harass. <laughs> Harris. Har- uh Said that. Aaron Gordon was rumored to be uh, potentially going to, I think it was the Pacers, the uh, the Mavericks, the Suns, and there I think there was another team. But they were all reported as showing interest, high levels of interest in, uh, in Aaron Gordon. And what strikes me about this is I was talking to a guy, uh, Tony East, he covers the Pacers, and we were both talking about how the Mavericks and the Pacers are so, like, tight-lipped about certain things like that like there's stuff like that just doesn't really come out like the interest in players and stuff like that yeah and <laughs> so we're talking about it we we're like well it was obviously the agent that kind of threw this out there right like <laughs> yeah he looked at the teams like okay who could have or who will have cap space and the pacers have a whole bunch of team option guys that they could you know renounce and that they could have some cap space the Suns are going to have some cap space, and the Mavericks are obviously going to have some cap space. So <laughs> he was like, well, let's start floating these rumors around and see who we can uh, maybe make the Magic up their offer. I was going to say, pretty much the Magic are saying, hey, here's this is our offer this summer. You're probably not going to get more than that. And agent's like, hold my beer. <laughs> let, me, let me go talk. And it's like, yeah. all right, the teams with the cap space are going to show interest in us. But, but not saying it's like false. Because I think Dallas could show interest in Gordon. Oh, sure, like, yeah. Just they that. wouldn't come out and say that now. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we've talked about it. I feel like we spent like half a pod on Aaron Gordon in Dallas. I think you're probably a little higher on him than I am as far as like his future potential. I mean, he would be the second highest paid player on the team next year. and I don't know. I, could I'm, be. His in- I don't know. Well, yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, we're expecting that he gets, you know, $20 million or something. Yeah. But it could be it the first two teammates, and shout out to Dalton Trigg who reminded me of this. But the first two teammates to do the dunk contest since Bud Webb and Dominique Wilkins. Oh, oh my gosh! I did a like that would, that would be sick to have two Mavericks in the dunk contest. You got a fifty percent shot. Talking about like we'd have our own like mini Lob City here. I mean, Harrison Barnes has also done a dunk contest. So you could have three guys, yeah. and then whoever they get. I mean, what if they get like. Uh, I don't know. Porter Jr. If they get Porter Jr., they have. <laughs> oh, yeah. What if they get like Bamba or Aiden or somebody? I mean, like, and then you're like, that's everybody's dunking. <laughs> Except for, Dirk's like, what is going on? 
Dirk gets his one off a year. So <laughs> that's interesting. If okay, let's say let's let's float this off. If the Mavericks do sign Aaron Gordon, and this this would happen afterwards, but which rookie would you most want to pair with a group of Dennis Barnes and Gordon? In the top five, or let's, in the top? Let's say in group. that top seven, that that first tier that we have. Yeah, um, that's rough because the Porter Junior fit would be really weird in my opinion, because then you would have him, Barnes, and Gordon. And Who are all like three fours, and then I think Gordon I think Gordon would be best as a, like a backup five. Yeah, and Gordon's like 6'9". Yeah. You know I mean, like, it's kind of weird. To be like, so. well, to just to, to play that Dwight Powell role that's just like, but way better, you know, like <laughs> a thousand, yeah. like, you know, just that role that we've talked about, how Carlisle's put Dwight Powell into that role. Aaron Gordon could do that and be like amazing at it. Yeah, I think I would still like the uh I think I would still like the center route with him. You know, Malbamba, Aiton. I think he could work just fine with them. I mean obviously if you draft Luca and you make Luca a two guard, I mean it wouldn't affect Gordon up front, but Yeah. Yeah, I think Porter Bamba, Jr. would be weird. I think Porter Jr. is the only one and, pro- and probably Bagley too. Probably Porter yeah, probably Bagley Porter Jr. Be and Bagley would be kind of weird fits. So either the two centers or Luca would be good. So in the, in the draft, I kind of have more of an approach, especially with the team right now. You pick the best available. You pick the you know the highest, ta- the biggest talent that's available that you think is the you know the best prospect looking forward. In free agent, okay, but but how how long, how far do you take that? Because here's my here's my question with that. Yeah, if you're if you're the Kings and you're sitting at five and Trey Young's the best you know person on there or Colin Sexton. Are you going to take him in for in De'Aaron Fox's? Like no, probably some, not. Like, no. like if you suck, if you're you're obviously drafted in the top seven, but if you suck the year before and you have a young cornerstone, I don't think you can always take the best fit available because then you would be kind of nullifying your. You see what I'm saying? Well, yeah. In, in that case, though, I would look at it and say, okay, best available. De'Aaron Fox is the best available. You have him. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? So then, like he's so you he's draft young enough. Best available. If but if you have like a guy, I don't know, some middle like if you have Jeff Teague, you know, like let's say you're the Timberwolves or something, you have a lottery pick somehow, and like Trey Young, Sexton are available. You don't just you know th- those it's those two guys, and then like everybody else is way below them on your boards and stuff. There's just nobody else that you're like ah these you know yeah. these guys have just fallen somehow. Like you take those two, you take one of those two guys. Okay. I see what you mean. At least that—that's just a you know philosophy that I go. Like by. if we had like if we had a center like Capella right now, yeah, that was young guy. that was on our team, and we still sucked. Like I feel like, and but Aiton is clearly the top prospect. You know, if that was, I still wouldn't take Aiton. You know, I would go as I would go with a Luca or somebody else that could fit yeah, with Capella. That would be tough, but yeah, I, I would probably. I would well if I if Luca was available, I'd go him. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I would, I think I would pat if we had Capella right now. Even though I have Aiton on my board, like if we had Capella for the next like four years, locked in or whatever, I don't think I would take Aiton. I think I would go with Luca or Porter Jr. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I'm just saying, like an overall idea is that you want to take the best available, the best talent. I think that this top tier, a lot of them are so close that you know you can even make cases for them. (laughs) You know, make cases for all of them, but. But in free agency, though, is the reason why I bring that up is because in free agency, it's different. Free agency, you want to fill needs. Like, you want to you yeah. find a guy that can actually fill something that 
is is a need because that guy's good right now. And so you need a guy that's good right now in that spot. And so it's going to be interesting to see who they draft. So let's say they get Michael Porter Jr. It probably takes Aaron Gordon off the board, right? Yeah. Yeah, maybe even Jabari Parker. You know? Yeah, because so, that would be a weird fit too. So, like, it, it, a lot of it depends. If they get DeAndre Ayton, will they even chase Boogie if they did plan on it? You know, that's – That one's an interesting one because I think by the time Ayton is good, DeMarcus Cousins' contract will be up because it's only easy – you can only sign him for four years. Oh, I think Ayton will be good year one. Like, really, really good though, but like all-star. I think he'll all-star. be like Dwight Howard good. Wow. Year one. Oh, I yeah. I think Mo Bamba will take time. He'll take time to have to develop. I think Aiton could step in right now and I mean Yeah, okay, so Bamba fits more that, that analogy I just said that Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so that's interesting. I don't know. We'll we'll talk about that more. I mean July is a long way away, so we'll talk about that a lot more. Um going forward, let's talk about some guys. Okay, so we're the team's gonna be tanking. <laughs> they kinda they kinda <laughs> admitted it, they got fined for it. They got fined six hundred thousand. It's the highest fine that Mark Cuban has ever paid, and uh, Donald Sterling got charged, got fined for talking about losing games on purpose. I think they said this was in like the late nineties, and he got fined ten thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh man! So, uh, but the team's rebuilding. They're going to start playing young guys. Which guys are you looking at that say they're going to get a bump in minutes? Yeah, definitely Kyle Collinsworth. <laughs> Kyle um, Collinsworth right now on the season averaging 13 minutes a game. And Doug McDermott. Doug McDermott averaging Doug, Doug McDermott's the most, I think, is the biggest one you need this last stretch. Because you need to know if you're going to just let him walk in the summer or – can he be a viable piece? And not just a starter. Could he be a, like a bench piece or something like that? And like, they need to know that quick because he has a really big cap hold. And what, and people say this a lot, but what cap holds are is it holds a, it's a placeholder in your, in your salary cap. And so Doug McDermott's contract right now is like three and a half million or something like that. It's not very much, but his cap hold is since he was such a high draft pick and there's different other factors that go into it. His cap hold is like nine point eight million or something crazy like that, and so that holds that place there until you either renounce the rights. So he they have the rights, and that's why he's restricted. So they have the rights to him. He has that cap hold. Nerlens had a cap cap hold. I think it was like ten million or something last summer, and so they 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 hold the rights to that until they renounce the rights completely. Then it becomes a restricted free agent, or then they sign him to a deal, and then whatever the money number is, that's what that's what counts against your cap. Yeah, the. So, yeah, with Doug, I mean, they're going to have to – I think that's why you're going to see it, uh, his minutes, you know, will be up there because they're, yeah. they they want to know what they got in him. I think I think just the center spot would be the most intriguing. You know, you – You have Salah that's 31 years old that he's fun and, like, they like him. But, like, is he just going to get shut down? Because then you ha- – I mean, you got to play Motley at some point. And then you're not going to play, like, six of them or five of them, whatever. Like, I mean, or is Motley going to be a dude that j- just plays when if Dirk sits? And then Nerlens, like, what the heck's going to happen with that? Dwight Powell's making $9 million and having his best year in Dallas. Let me tell you, that Nerlens situation is cold as balls. 
You've been sitting on that one the whole time. That was my favorite headline I've ever written in my entire life. <laughs> so Nerlens Noel did uh, – Kevin Hart has this YouTube show. It's called Cold as Balls. That he interviews athletes, and they're sitting in a cold tub with ice. And uh, Nerlens did it randomly. Uh, Nerlens has been doing some random stuff and, like, video stuff. He did – Nerlens sh- is a little bit more popular than what some people think. Uh, n- no. Nerlens has an agent that is friends with LeBron James that talked with Kevin Hart over the over the over the uh, All Star break and then and then they went and they did this. I don't think it's all. It's not all that though. Like the dude was at the Kentucky Derby last year with some like high rollers and you're like, what? So go check that out. I wrote the piece. It's on Mavs Moneyball. Uh, he answered who who the biggest a hole is in the NBA. And so you got to go check that out. And the title of the article, <laughs> Nerlens Noel is cold as balls. This is great. He didn't say Rick Carlisle, by the way. No, but somebody he's played against. <laughs> somebody okay. he's played against. Uh, also, I think, they, I think they recorded that over the summer because he talks about, like, Dallas, and he talks about, like, just getting to Dallas and stuff like that. So. Oh, Lord. Yeah. It's interesting. It was interesting. I mean, the I've watched all of them because they, they had Blake Griffin, who was kind of funny. They had Draymond Green, who was interesting. They had Candace Parker, who was good. And then uh, they had LeVar Ball. Bye. <laughs> oh, peace out. In my piece, I wrote, they also had non-athlete LeVar Ball. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So dumb. <laughs> so, anyway. But, yeah, Nerland's averaged 12 and a half minutes, you know, the 18 games that he's played this season. I have no clue. Like, is he going to get that? Is he going to get more? Are they actually going <laughs> to no. play him? Like, I, are fans going to be no excited? Clue. Like, are they going to be like tweet excited? Us. For tweet him? us right now if if you are listening right now, and, and you can tweet me at Nick Van Exit. You can tweet Isaac at Isaac L Harris. You can also tweet us at Locked On Maps. Tweet us if you if you're excited about Nerlens coming back, about the prospect of Nerlens coming back. <laughs> also, if you're not excited, tweet us that as well. We should just do a poll. That's what we should do. We should do a poll on Lockdown Mavs. And uh, are you excited about Nerl- the prospect of Nerlens Noel coming back and playing for the Mavericks down the stretch? Nick is because Nick thinks he's going to come back. I think there's a 10% chance he comes back. Me, on the other hand. <laughs> um, no, it's it's going to be um, just that big man spot. It's going to be super weird so just weird. the rest of the way. Maxi, what do they do with Maxi? He's averaging seven, yeah, Maxie- 17 and a half minutes. We have so many like six eleven dudes. Maxie should be a center. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm just intrigued by it, and like I don't, I really don't think they're going to shut Dirk down. I mean, Dirk's going to play it out, going to play his 25 minutes. So like, they're not going to shut Dwight Powell down. He, they think he's a young guy. Here we go. They do. <laughs> um, and because I- of McDermott and because of these guards, Harrison Barnes going to play more four. And yeah, Collinsworth and whatever ten ten day guys they bring in, Jalen Jones and like, yeah, Jalen Jones had a big night the other night. Um, for the can legends. I can I go on a a mini tangent real quick? You may. This is half your podcast, so okay. So I wrote a piece today, and on a serious note, with the whole situation going on, we I just don't want fans to take it out on the players. And these guys had nothing to do with this. Nothing. And to see Dirk out there having to answer these questions, it's heartbreaking. It really is gut-wrenching as a fan 
to see that until the recent renovations to the new practice facility and to the you know all that kind of stuff the Mavs home office and stuff that they did this past summer the Mavericks office was in Deep Ellum <laughs> yeah and then the then the player stuff was all at American Airlines Center so like they didn't even they weren't even in the same rooms a lot no so and this had nothing to do with the players which I'm I'm glad no one's gone there yet like no one has even questioned yeah, anything please. like that but but if you're even thinking about that that's the whole situ- that's the situation so I wrote this piece today and literally my whole piece was just talking about the team and like we have 24 games left and why as Gosh, fans as fans sitting back right now there's a lot of emotions there's a lot of anger there's a lot of confusion there's a lot of just disgust um, disgust disappointment in this franchise that fans have rooted for for years some decades and but these players they they don't i they don't deserve like just the players i'm just focusing on the players like the, the, these players don't deserve to not have people in seats at their games they don't have and like uh, this piece that you know like Harrison Barnes just took 300 kids to see Black Panther and like He's did this so much community work in this in the city of Dallas and doing his free basketball camp last year and trying to mend these relationships between kids and in, in this inner city parts of Dallas with you know local law enforcement and stuff. We have Dennis Smith Jr. He's 20 years old and like in his rookie seasons just flying by, and he's coming out of the All Star game like. He's he's still learning what it means to play, to be a Dallas Maverick, to play in front of these fans in Dallas, to to live in the city of Dallas. Like we we give it to him to show up to these games or to like tune into some of these games and still root for him, still interact on Twitter and still cheer for a guy like that. JJ Barea and all of his you know stuff he did in Puerto Rico and stuff like that feels like an eternity ago that. You know the team playing with you know with with JJ and doing all the stuff there, and you have the cool stories like Kyle Collinsworth who went from a ten day to being there the rest of the year, Jonathan Motley that were like, oh, we have so much intrigue by him. Like hopefully you know if he gets some run over the course of the end of the year, and then you got like Wesley Matthews that you know I wrote in a piece like when we first signed Wesley Matthews a couple years ago, you know he's in his third season now. Everybody's like, oh my gosh, look at his contract and all this stuff. He tore his Achilles in March and suited up on on day one, on night one. In October. Opening night. And not only that, but he played in 78 games that year. It was just, just remarkable. 78 games that year. And, you know... Melvin Hunt calls him one of the most competitive players of all time. He had a heck of a quote today after practice or, you know, yesterday when he talked to Eddie, you know, Sefko or whatever, and I think they tweeted out just about, you know, playing to win and how, how much pride he has in playing the game because the game of basketball has did so much for him. And, like, and I said all of this without even talking about Dirk. You know, Dirk is everything to us. Dirk is in his 20th season. This could, this could literally be it. And I don't want fans to look back and say, I didn't go to these games, these last 24 games, or these last games. I didn't tune in. I didn't watch. I didn't care about the team. Dirk's last 24 games. Like, it very well could. And I, so, like. You're not protesting anything by not going to the games. You know, and that's. Because like, I was. You know, these guys are who we root for on the court. And yeah, you're saying, oh, Isaac, you're just being protein because you work for Magic.com. I don't. 
It's not. It's not. Yeah, and like Nick, like I'm. I'm assuming Nick feels the same way. Like Rebecca, we, Rebecca doesn't either. We said the same thing. We actually talked about your article on the pod that we just did. Yeah. So like, we should like support them. I'm not saying anybody else. Like I'm not talking about anything else. And I got. I did. I got. I got some backlash a little bit today about oh, just whatever. You're not talking about the other stuff. Like I'm just focusing on the players and these guys. Don't deserve that. They they deserve us. And and honestly, I think that they're going to come out hot. My personal opinion, I think they're going to come out hot. I think we could see them win like three or four in a row because they want to show we're not losing on purpose. Everybody says that they're going to be losing and that they're doing it on purpose. Everybody. It, like, imagine the nobody believes in us thing, the Bill Simmons idea of the team that nobody like nobody believes in us, and that kind of gives you, your team a, a boost. Yeah. Boom. Here it is. Nobody believes in you. Like, everybody – not even just doesn't believe in you. They don't even think you exist. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like, if, if for all else, if you don't care about the rest of the team, I know you care about Derek if you're listening to this podcast. And, and he Dennis, wants to play. To. Yeah, he wants to play. Show Dennis what, you know, what an MFL, MFFL is. Like, this, you know, Dirk, and I, I even put, I put, I put the last quote from his um exit interview last season at the end of the piece and it's really it's really really like tough to read it or hear, like see it consider it even now and can i just read it real quick go this is him at his exit interview last year he said if you're going if you're going with a team like i have for so long if that is what it takes he's talking about rebuilding that is what it takes i made the decision last summer when i decided to sign on I knew it was a possibility. At the end of the day, I can't imagine myself in a different uniform. That is why I made that decision. Whatever comes, if we're rebuilding, then I'm the face of that. If we're the championship, then I'm here for that. I just identified myself with the organization for so long, with the fan base, with the city, that no matter what the team or franchise is going through, I'm right there to push it through. That applies more than ever right now, man. Exactly. So, like, we deserve to give them our fandom, if you are a fan, if there's, you know, but, like, it's just, just don't take it out on them. That That's my thing. Don't, t- don't take it out on these, this group of 12 to 17 dudes, like, these dudes work their butt off, and yeah, they get paid, I get it. Don't say that, oh, millionaires don't care. But they do play for the city, and they do play for the team that a lot of you root for. So let's cheer for them. Let's let's push them through. It's it's hard as crap for them too. No matter if they're millionaires or not, you know they're, you know it's hard as crap for them too because they're around these people and in this organization and are just as much blindsided now. So they don't. Yeah, let's push through for them. Let's do it. Let's do it. So who are we going to be pushing through for <laughs> as we continue our conversation? Uh, Bobby Corral tweeted uh, that Dorian Finney-Smith did an interview after practice today that Ooh. he's looking like he's going to return kind of soon. At least that's the way he's talking. No way. I thought he's going to be out for a while. So, I mean, it could be just player speak, like I'm feeling good, I'm ready to get back, and they just could sh- still sh- shut him down for the rest of the season. He's only played eight games this season. I mean, that's that's Ooh. a young guy. That's the 24-year-old that, you know, second year that – played you know came out of nowhere and was like one of these 10 day guys like he was a Jalen Jones he was an Antonius Cleveland he was you know one of these guys and uh just stuck you know just had some really good traits and just stuck with the team yeah and uh 
So it would be really good to have him back. That would also make it weird with the, the whole wing big situation because he played a lot of four last year too. Yeah, he did. I mean, that would be, yeah, super weird on the way he would fit, especially with like McBuckets and all that. He would like make Kyle Collinsworth a full-time two. Yeah, I mean, Kyle's stepped directly into the Devin Harris role. But... Uh, they, they've been playing McBuckets there too. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But it, so it's just kind of odd. Uh, Bobby Corral, shout out to him, by the way. Also, he uh, he tweeted out today that Dennis Dennis Smith Jr., from his triple-double that he had against New Orleans to now and, and, and before, it seemed like kind of that was kind of a split in his season. And it was a really astute observation. He looked at the numbers, and there's 28 games before that that game. That was December 29th, and there's been 22 games since then. These are Dennis's, Dennis's numbers. Uh since then his minutes have gone up just about four minutes a game his points have gone up three points his assists have gone up two points your dog is all your dog is all about dennis smith jr oh yeah she's she's got a crush on him (laughs) his uh his rebounds have pretty much stayed the same his field goal percentage has increased by two points his three-point percentage has increased by three points his uh free throw attempts per game has increased by almost one and a half points his true shooting percentage has increased by four points his uh, effective field goal percentage has increased by three points. His assist percentage has increased by six and a half points almost. Uh, his turnover rate has pretty much stayed the same, and his usage rate has stayed the same. So he's being more effective. He's being more efficient in this time. There's a lot of counting stats that went up and a lot of efficiency stats that went the same, and then his usage staying the same is, is kind of big because you look at a rookie with a huge usage rate of, of 28, 29, and uh, you think that if his numbers are going to go up, that means he's getting more run. He's not. He's getting the same amount of run, a couple more minutes, but uh, you know, having the ball in his hands is the same and, uh, and producing more. Um, so it, it's good. He's growing. He's growing before our eyes right now. Yeah, I mean, it's just him continuing on the rest you know, of his rookie season and figuring out who, who he is and running in the system and uh, playing for Rick Carlisle and stuff, so... He's got 20, 24 games left, so we'll see what his minutes look like going down the stretch and see how much he can grow. <laughs> One interesting part about that, though, that I, I just realized as I was talking about it, his minutes went up, but his usage percentage stayed the same. His minutes went up by four Because minutes, he's playing off the ball. By four minutes, right, by four minutes a game, but his, his usage stayed the exact same. And usage is like how many possessions that you use, whether it's you're making a pass in there or you're shooting or you're – turning it over or something like that. Hmm. That's interesting. So, yeah, he is playing off the ball more, and uh, it's it's weird. That's super weird. And not playing off the ball with a guy that, like, really moves the ball well. Because I don't know if J.J. – J.J. doesn't really move the ball well. That's not a thing you would say he's really good at. No. He moves I mean, he the ball it. himself. <laughs> yeah. And he does yeah. it really well. I mean, we've We've praised J.J. on this podcast a lot, but – he gets into the paint and finds the open shot. It is a debate about it. <laughs> it's a debate whether. All right, we've gone we've gone too long now. Definitely, guys. Thank you so much for listening to Lockdown Mavericks. Support the Mavericks. Support the team. Follow me at Nick Van Exit. Follow him at Isaac L. Harrison. Go answer our poll on Lockdown Mavs Twitter about uh, if you're interested or if you don't care if Nerlens Noel comes back the rest of the season. <laughs> Peace out. Boom. Oh.